How's it going? I think we should start brainstorming intros. What do you think about something like, welcome to the garage experiment podcast? <laughs> I love it. It's amazing. It definitely doesn't feel awkward at all. No. No. I, I think it's a good way. I think it's going to bring in sponsors. Obviously. Yeah. Probably. All right, with that. All right, here we go. Hey, guys, welcome back. This is Adam, and I'm here with Jake. And we're joined by another special guest analyst. It's Kurt, a.k.a. the Kurt Locker on social media. Kurt competes in Strongman. He's a veteran, DIY enthusiast, and has one of the nicest garage gyms in Ohio. He'll be adding some insights as we go through the survey results. And we also have a Q&A segment where we'll ask him questions about his experience with certain pieces of equipment, his training, and more. So, Kurt, thanks for joining us. Anything we missed in that intro? Oh, nothing. Uh, really, just a proud father, and I'm really happy to be here. So, really excited to get this going. Awesome. Well, let's do it. All right, this week, we have a number of questions to tackle, and then we're going to get into the Q&A with Kurt, and then we'll finally dig into the Sunday survey discussion, which was the biggest home gym benefits. All right, Jake, take it away. Thanks, dude. All right, so the first question was, what is your rack hardware preference so either one inch five eighths inch or other all right we did a poll on instagram just yesterday what do you guys think was the winner one inch yeah one inch yeah so one inch was the clear winner it received about 58 percent of the votes five eighths inch was um about 24 20% behind with 38% and only 4% voted for other. So nobody wants anything other than a one inch or five and eighths inch hardware quicker than they do with the five eighths inch. Um, a few people mentioned with the five eighths inch that West side spacing was the reasoning, but overall it's, it's pretty clear that one inch was the, was the winner. When they do one um, West side spacing with one inch hardware too. I mean, the, the gaps would be even closer with your five eights. I've only used one inch. Have you guys ever used five so, inch? So I had, uh, I started with a one inch. My very first squat rack was a monster series. Then I got my monster light power rack and I had that for a really long time. And had I been asked this question while I still had the monster light rack, I probably would have voted for my own just because at the time that I had it, I really liked it. Uh, now that I'm back to one inch hardware, I, it's clearly superior in my opinion. Uh, I, and again, it was already covered by the companies offering more and better attachments. So like more premium line. So think about like rogue, if you get a monster light attachment, you're likely not going to get UHMW lining. Um, so you're going to have metal on metal. Everything's kind of economy and how it's constructed. The second that you get up to that one inch hardware piece, you're getting into their flagship. So you're getting faster evolution on attachments. Additionally, you're getting better protection for your rack. So for me, those were the biggest reasons. Uh, I think the only other size I've ever seen done, at least commercially, is like, like three quarter. And I think Mike Bartos Power Center, Bridge Built, uh, I actually can't think of any others, but three quarters, the only yeah. other one. And I, I don't understand 
other than I, well, I, I know the why. The why is because the hardware is significantly less expensive. Three quarter inch hardware is cheap. Uh, so it's easier to come across all the attachment pieces and you really start to, you know, get a little bit more into the black when you're a manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've heard Patrick from Bridgebuilt say that he just thinks the three force looks better as well as compared to the big old one inch holes. Um, but really it's, it's, it's a two player game with these two hole sizes. Absolutely. All right. We're good with that. Next up. Did you buy gym equipment from a November sale? So a lot of these companies ran sales pretty much all month. And then the last month of the, or the last week of the month, there were some bigger sales. Um, but overall, and then, and uh, I'll also say that throughout the month of November, we asked people if they expected to buy. And that was typically right around 50%. So how many did end up buying gym equipment during a November sale? 26%. So not even close to the 50%. Uh, Kurt, you, did you end up buying anything? I, I actually did. Uh, what did I buy? Oh, uh, Cerberus. I bought that Cerberus power bar and a couple just kind of odds and then knickknacks from Rogue. I was actually, I, I expected that to be a little bit higher because although the sales weren't necessarily like absolutely amazing, uh, what I noticed is that a lot of companies that said that they weren't going to initially do those sales did actually have some, uh, I hate to talk about Rogue again, but Rogue is still doing their hundo pricing as of today. It's the 8th of December and they still got hundo pricing going, which is normally that would cut off after Matt Black November. So I, I guess I would expect that to be higher. And I also remember you asked these questions in a previous podcast and the number had steadily gone up on if people plan to uh, purchase something in November, but yeah. Yeah. At, at one point it did go up and then it dropped down a, a little bit, but it was, it was still right around 50% and 20, 26%, quite a big difference. That is a huge difference. All right, so let's move on. What is a better storage option for an adjustable bench? So we've we've discussed in the past the new Bridgebuilt adjustable bench, which which completely folds up, and then you have something like the Rep AB fifty two hundred or GetRx FID AB two, which you can prop up and it stands up vertically. Um, so what's a better way to store an adjustable bench and vertical storage easily wins with 82% of the votes compared to just 18% for the bridge built option. I think that's because it's new. Sorry, Adam. I know you're about no, to No, you're jump. good. Go ahead. I think that's because it's new though, or at least the, the fold down. I, I was actually looking at it just like 20 minutes ago, uh, and for some reason, I completely blanked that that was an FID bench. Uh, but I, I think that when people kind of get it and they start using it and they find different ways to store it. So one of the cool things about stuff that breaks down and becomes flatter is that oftentimes it could be stored underneath things. Uh, mm. And I just wonder if maybe, so me, I, I voted on this survey to do vertical storage because that's 
currently what I do and I don't have a bridge built bench. And I think, but when I started thinking about it, I was like, well, that's because I don't necessarily know what I would put this underneath. So think about storage racks. I know that my storage rack right now, I have stuff that I store on the floor underneath of it. That bench could be a great option to store down there. Yeah. I was thinking of it like um, folded up and then like hung on some like bike hooks on the wall, like sticking it on the wall. Um, and in that way, I voted for the, um, the, the fold down one from bridge built. But <clears throat> now that I'm thinking about it, like just the convenience of, you know, taking something that's like vertically stored and just dropping it down and wheeling it in and getting ready to go rather than pulling something off the wall and having a little bit of setup, maybe the vertical, I would, I would change my mind now that I'm thinking about it again. The vertical can be a pain though. So the way, where I store my benches is I have like a wall and then on this side of the platform, it's open to the wood shop side of my gym and I store my bench vertically and it basically it's just standing up in the middle of the room. Now it's on the edge of the platform. So it's kind of on an edge, but it's still right in the middle. Uh, so maybe a wall option is a good option. And I think it also depends too, having that handle that bridge built. So hanging on bike hooks, great idea. How heavy is it? Adjustable yeah. benches tend to weigh yeah. 100 pounds. Yeah. So I will say I had the bridge built flat bench, which did the ex pretty much the exact same thing, I believe, where you just pop the pens and it was a little bit more work than just flipping it vertical, you know? So you, you do have to like take the pins out, fold it, put it into the, put it in the holes. So, I mean, it, it would take, I would think it would take a couple minutes each time rather than flipping up and down with the, something like the AV5200. A little um, bit off topic with it. I think that maybe... I had this discussion with somebody in my gym the other day. I was talking about uh, right now, there's really not a product out there, but BridgeBuilt seems to almost be making it right now. If they were to focus less on folding the legs in, do that almost same design and make an adjustable bench that goes up and down so that you could raise it up to a height where you could do seal rows, an adjustable bench. Uh, that might even be a better use of kind of that design and then just go for the vertical storage. Like you said, I mean, everybody's Ooh. already saying it's the best anyways, but I feel like there's a market for that. Oh, it was my brother. Cause my brother's a main, uh, fabricator. And I was like, I'll tell you what, if you can make this, you'll be the only one. Interesting. Yeah. That would, that's a good idea. Or even if you can, you know, if you're, if you have a couple people of different heights in the house, you know, just, yep. If is they there, prefer different an inch or two. Is there not a flat bench that adjusts for like a seal row? Uh, so I don't know. So I don't know the, I feel like I should know the answer to that question. I don't think, uh, there is. I don't think there is. Uh, I don't think there's at least a stout bench, stout flat bench. That... I want to say there is one. And if I randomly think about it, I'll just blurt it out. Um, well, I know there's a, an alike, the Leica one. Yeah. But I don't think that's. Doesn't, does, yeah. doesn't adjust. Does it, it doesn't go from like a competition like bench, like your standard bench height. It doesn't like raise up, does it? I thought it was like just so, a seal row bench. Hey, maybe this is the answer. When it when we're talking about if people really do value west side hole spacing, maybe that's the right answer. Maybe instead of having a west side rack hole spacing, you got a bench that does your one inch options through the bench range, and then everybody can just be happy with one inch hardware. 
sorry, that's way off topic too. No, you're fine. I'm trying mm. to picture it. Interesting. I was actually, this is off topic too, but I was thinking wall mounted pull-up bar with one inch hardware on the sides. Yeah. So that you can mount things like the surplus strength. Oh, I see where you're system. And if you wanted to, there's, um, there's a few other with pens that you can do. I forget the brand. All right. Are we good with the, uh, vertical versus folded up adjustable bench, adjustable bench storage? Yes. Good. All right. Next up. So when do you typically work out? So most of the people answering these questions are, are working out outside of traditional working hours. So about 27% are working out before 8 a.m., 43% working out after 4 p.m., and then the other 30% or so working out during the day. Um, it's not really a, too big of a surprise, but the home gym makes that a lot easier without a commute. When do you guys usually work out? Varies significantly. Uh, so I'm on currently with what I'm doing, I'm on a every other week is a telework week. And when I'm teleworking, it's during the day, basically around lunchtime, we bring my daughter to school and I go straight into the gym. Uh, outside of that, I typically train at like eight o'clock at night and it's okay. It's late. Got it. So did you just get out, out of the gym? Uh, I took tonight off, I guess, on my, my daughter's sick. Right. And I'm, uh, I'm competing in the home gym discord powerlifting, the winter classic, uh, this Saturday. So I got my openers on Monday and then Tuesday, I just kind of putzed around the gym for fun. Just did some super light stuff, testing out a couple pieces that I owe reviews on. And, uh, today I was gonna figure out my opener for my deadlift, but it just, it didn't work out. So I'll just I'll probably open at 495 or something. Call it good. Adam, when do you usually work? I don't even know. Man, I feel like you're all over the place. I'm all over the place. Uh, you know, when I'm doing like my basic training, which is just like stuff I like to do. Uh, I, I shoot for 430 AM. I try to get down here um, before yeah. school. Um, but like I'm doing dead summer now. There's a lot of squatting and I'm not freaking squatting. At <laughs> I'm like, uh, I got to loop up the joints before I do that. So that's been happening. Um, right when I get home. So 4 PM. So I'm all over Jake, you. Uh, so I've actually, I, for the last, I don't know, 10 years, I've, I've been working out first thing in the morning, 5 AM typically ish. Uh, we have a newborn in the house and my wife and my, uh, work schedule, the garage gym work, work schedule is a little more flexible than my wife's corporate job. So she's been taking the morning shift and I've been working out uh, somewhat a little bit around lunch the last few months. So that's my favorite time. So having the oppor opportunity to do lunchtime training, that's money for me. Yeah, I'm still getting used to it. I really like getting it done and doing it before the distractions of the day start. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not complaining, you know, um, speaking of benefits of the home gym, what is more important saving money 
or saving time because of your home gym. This was an easy win for saving time, yeah. which received six times more votes than hey, save money. Can I, yeah, I real quick before you say that I added a few questions like this because there were definitely some people who were confused last week when we asked about if they saved money or not for the home gym. And the point was not to like, say that's the reason to start a home gym, but I think a lot of people did. So we added a few questions around benefits of the home gym. Um, Go yeah, ahead, I was going to say, uh, Curtis wasn't uh, with us last week. And so Curtis, do you save any money with your home gym? Uh, yeah. So <laughs> if I was to find, which uh, I think there's maybe one gym here in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, I think it's called the Dirty Gym. And it is, it is pretty expensive to be a member. Uh, but no, absolutely not. <laughs> Especially since I'm active duty military. So like I have a gym at work that I also got to build and design, right. but yeah, I, I absolutely save no money. Um, but it's definitely a huge time. And I think it goes beyond time as well. And it's also a huge family benefit. Like how Jake put it last week, it just turns into a hobby, like building out your gym. Absolutely. And, and it's obsessive too. It's like, Ooh, like I bought a barbell today. I don't need one, but <laughs> <laughs> I just, I currently watch your, um, your 4.0 gym walkthrough. I was like, damn, that guy's got a lot of barbells. <laughs> yeah. And I, I've sold a bunch too. That was the best part. When I moved, uh, when I got stationed, when I got stationed back in Ohio, uh, I knew a couple, uh, smaller garage gyms down in Texas and you know, they don't want to pay shipping for stuff that I can get for no shipping because of where I'm located. And so I sold off a bunch of that stuff and then I haven't replaced it yet too. So it's been kind of nice having that fresh start though. When did, how long has the it been since the move? Uh, so I officially, I moved, moved. So I moved all my stuff in my family in January. I went back down to Texas. I had to serve another three months there. And then I came up in March, but we didn't get into this house until June or it was like late June that we finally got to move in. And so the garage gym wasn't up until July. Got it. All right. Moving on. Do you run some sort of business out of your home gym? So about 10% say yes. So this is just another one of those questions that that kind of gets at who this audience is. So 10% running some sort of personal training business or most likely content business um, like all of us. Yep. So next up, how much time a day do you save by owning a home gym? So either the possible answers were either no time, less than 15 minutes, between 15 and 45 minutes, and more than 45 minutes. This one proved the value of the home. This question proved the value of a home gym easily. So only 4.4% say they save no time. 5.2% say less than 15 minutes. So overall, less than 10% believe that they are saving less than 15 minutes by having their own setup. 48% said between 15 and 45 minutes. And then a whopping 43% said more than 45 minutes. So 
you do some quick math and you quickly realize for a lot of people will save a couple work weeks by owning their own home gym. Yeah. And you got to go like beyond that drive to the gym. Cause when you think of time, like a lot of people are just thinking like the drive there, but I mean, I'm doing my, my stretches when I'm still having like family time and then I'm walking down and getting right into training. I'm not waiting for any equipment. It's, it's all set up and I'm, it's, it's just go. Um, yeah. So, your, your wife, like, why are you twitching? Why are you twitching? <laughs> why are you drinking pre-workout right now? Let's train. But it's, it like sets it. It dedicates it though. Like, oh no, no, I'm taking pre right now. I got to go. I got to go. I can't yeah. waste it. It reminds me of you guys. Uh, so Matt Best. So Matt Best has a YouTube channel and him and his ex-girl from way back in the day uh, posted like a, like your body on pre-workout and I think she has like the vacuum cleaner and she's like vacuuming the counter and the couch and they're like jumping up and down in the living room. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely, you, you have to go. <laughs> I remember, um, I, I used to live on the, the East coast and there's a hurricane was coming in. I was trying to get this workout in. So I'm, I'm driving to the gym. The hurricane's not supposed to hit for like, I don't know, a couple more hours. So I'm chugging this pre-workout. I get to the door and I pull on it and it's locked because they locked oh. up early because the storm was coming. I didn't know what to do with myself. I was like living in an apartment at the time. I didn't have like any other gym to go to. So I just like went home and sat down and like itched my head for 30 minutes before it wore off. You just got to go find a rock. Just find a rock and pick like, it pick up. And shit up and throwing it. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> the most monotone. That's funny. I was going to tell a story, but I decided not to. All right. Moving on, have you made a gym equipment purchase based on a personal recommendation from a friend or family member? And then also have same question for home gym influencer. Home gym influencer with quotes. Not sure exactly what that means. What if your friend's a home gym influencer? Yeah. <laughs> And it's a yes. <laughs> All right. So um, about, about 41% said that they've made a purchase based off of a uh, recommendation from a friend or family member. And then 54% from a home gym influencer. So, I mean, that, those both seem kind of, kind of low, but. So from the, yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. They do seem kind of low. Yeah, I think a lot of people, I don't know. I don't know how many people picked up on the home gym influencer. Or accredited their purchase to like something they've seen, you know? Right. Yeah. And I also wonder if, so the, I think the term influencer almost has a stigma to it as well. So like, what is, like you, I, you even asked earlier, what is a home gym influencer? So is a, is a home gym influencer someone who does equipment reviews or is it Juji Mufu doing backflips? Right. So I feel like yeah. those are two sides of, two ends of the spectrum there. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, kind of probably kind of a worthless statistic but oh well all right next up what's the number one reason you train and then what's the number two reason that you train um so the possible responses were physical health mental health look good and then for competition 
So physical health was the easy number one. Mental health was the easy number two. Um, and then look good was the number three response. And then four competition was way back um, with less than 10% for um, both times. And um, physical health and mental health for both answers combined made up about 75% of total responses for both. And uh, we did, we've done this survey a few times in the past where this is pretty much the same as what, what it looks like in the past. So physical and mental health were kind of the main reasons to train. Actually, what do you train? Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, so when you, so I do the Sunday survey every Sunday and uh, when I, got to this question i actually skipped past it to see if you asked like what's a number two reason uh because for me it's it's the physical and then the mental and it's funny because i actually had to kind of question the physical versus mental which one's number one versus number two and i think one of the the positive things that i've done is i've transitioned away from using the gym as my only source of mental health mm. uh, aid mm -hmm. th therapy uh, and, and gone really towards more physical health. Now the competition thing was also a kind of a close second for me because I do compete, but I'm not surprised that it was so low. Cause what I've also figured out is that not a lot of people that have home gyms, that doesn't mean they necessarily compete in something. Right. There's actually a lot of people that don't, or if they do compete, they don't compete in a strength sport. They compete in like Brazilian jujitsu, or they compete in, uh, some sort of martial art, which I've, I've actually found that to be fairly common. That's interesting that you, you, you take you, uh, it's interesting that you take competition pretty seriously. Um, but still it's not one of your top two. So physical health, mental health still before, uh, for a competition. I think I've accepted that. Yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah. I am 34. And I've been med boarded twice and I still magically am active duty. My body is taking a pretty heavy toll through my service. And uh, I'm not, I'm not, right. I'm not getting a pro card and I'm at, I'm at <laughs> peace with that. I compete cause it's, it's a blast. It's tons of fun. Yet you, you meet some really cool and smart people. So like Doug Madewell, who's a pro strongman, uh, I have competed with him once he's in a different weight class than me. Uh, mm -hmm. I've competed with him once and he was a judge at my very first competition. And he is also the guy who made the loading pins for my strongman log, but I'd never would have met him if I didn't compete. And it was just really cool. And there's, there's a ton of other connections that I've made in the community. My first circus dumbbell, uh, was from a guy that I competed with in Lancaster, Kentucky. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, Lancaster, Ohio. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I guess that I enjoy competing and I do want to win and I do take my training seriously, but it's not necessarily a why it's more of a byproduct. Yeah. You you've accepted that it's not going to be your, your ticket to the golden Valley. Yeah. I mean, my team name. So I, I have a small group of guys that train, uh, mostly remote, uh, some, some of them in person and like our team name is the muscles and muffin tops. Like we're at peace with the fact that 
you know, yeah. we're, we're not really going to ever look that good <laughs> naked. I'm okay with that. Um, sports. Yeah. When I competed in Olympic weightlifting, we would, uh, we'd call ourselves like the D session weightlifting team. Like, <laughs> yeah, you go to a meet and you, you get called out in the D session. <laughs> near the top of the d session though so you know. oh absolutely yes yeah yeah you're still stronger than like 99.9 percent of the world but when you get C- to that level cj coming is just a beast though you can't that dude's a god it's crazy it's insane i saw him what was that like a 400 freaking pound like a what was it it was four reds i swear it was four reds i saw clean and jerk yeah and i was just like well, and this look at his power jerk where he like barely dips. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. insane. That's that that's the insane. video I'm talking about too. Everyone what? ripped his coach. He went to an um he's had the same coach since high school, and everyone ripped him when they took him away from like the split jerk and he went to the power jerk and the coach he like bombed out his first meet on the uh, on his jerks, and everyone was like, Oh, what's he doing? Da-da-da. He needs to go back to split uh split jerking. And the coach is like, I don't know, like this is better for like his build and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, like mm. now you watch him. And it's just click. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. He barely sinks below it. It's he. He needs to go compete in strong man. I mean that too. Like don't get me wrong. He is a he is a top notch Olympic lifter. Yeah. But uh, so many amazing weightlifters, or even like you know, if you're at the top of the D pack, you might even be really good for strong man because strong man is all about overhead. Mm-hmm. So we have so Joey Satsmary, uh, Lines Den over yeah. in yeah Satsrek. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So when he he wasn't into strongman until he met Brian Alsru. Brian Alsru introduced him to it, and Joey crushed it. One USS, one hundred five kg, or the two twenty class, I think the midweight. Okay, hundred, or it might have been two forty one. I don't remember what his body weight was. But yeah, he won. Yeah, but he wasn't a strongman before that. He was an Olympic lifter, yeah. and they, if you can crush overhead, you can learn the rest of the static stuff. But the dynamic. Uh, strength aspect of strongman is great for Olympic lifters. Yeah. And then I, I think like Olympic weightlifting is a good base for like anyone. It's like explosive strength and then it's like crazy yep. mobility. It's yeah. Anyway, all good stuff. Guess. Anyway. All right. Well, last question before we get to the Q and a, uh, what, what's worse for you as a home gym owner, hot summers or cold winters? Cold winters easily won this with sixty five percent versus thirty five. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know how to answer this question. <laughs> are, yeah, are you in a basement or something? I'm in, You're in a basement. Ba- I'm in a basement, man. <laughs> it's all about you know sixty and comfortable. Do you have high ceilings? No, no. I have uh, a cambered bar. I just got a cambered bar to press overhead. I had to do that uh, j- just a little bit ago. Actually, it's pretty awkward, but yeah, yeah. Better than I nothing. Tr- yeah. No, what I'm do sorry. you think, Kurt? So, I mean, cold, yeah, I voted cold, uh, even in Texas, the cold, I was in the Northern part of Texas and yeah, cold is, uh, it's tough too, because you try to get warmed up. You're trying to, you know, get a good feel good. Plus, you know, a lot of these lifts. So if you're an Olympic lifter, you know, you're not necessarily wanting to do your heavy training in a hoodie. Right. right. Cause that's extra material. It's extra fabric stuff gets snagged. I mean, imagine doing a clean and jerk and you accidentally tangled up your, your drawstring for your hoodie on the bar that get real awkward real quick. Uh, but the heat is just kind of, yeah, I like, I don't mind the heat so much. It just makes you sweat more. I love the heat. Yeah. See the, when I was, Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say the, I would say the worst part of, of 
training when it's really cold out is grabbing that barbell because you, you got to get a thermobell. I do have a thermobell, but okay. it's still, I don't have one. I do have one. Um, and it does work really well. Uh, I would say that, but most people don't have one. So I'm trying to speak from their end. Yeah. And it's still, you have to have it ready. It takes an hour or so to get warm. Oh, does it really? And yeah, it oh. takes a few minutes to take some effort <laughs> to, to, to put it on there. And, but yeah, it's, I usually just take like, my, I, I'm still using, I made this propane heater video, like Arctic garage gym training. It was way back when I first started doing videos and I just aim that thing at my, my barbell wall and I turn my fan on and I kind of aim it up and all that radiant heat hits the barbell walls, which is all my plates are right there. My barbells are right there. My rack is right there. So all that stuff absorbs the heat and 15 minutes, I can go outside and train. Of course, I don't care about the fumey smell. So uh -huh. if you're, if you're sensitive to a fumey smell, you might have problems. Like my wife does not enjoy going yeah. out or if i have if i accidentally leave the garage door cracked she'll definitely come out and close it uh -huh. but yeah cold sucks i yeah so we were it was i moved into my my house my a new house last october and we were doing the the walkthrough or the the walkthrough after you bought the house the inspection you were, we were doing walking through things doing the inspection and they're like so you have uh you have a, a heated garage in here so uh you can heat or cool it down and i was like whoa that is awesome <laughs> did not didn't know that and it was like my wife and i just looked at each other like that's huge is it a mini split? they don't even know it is it running on a mini split or what do you got no uh, i don't know how to explain it's, it. it's just on your central isn't it do you just have a duck? It's a, it? it's a separate system, but it, it would, the, the house that I moved into was like the, the model home, like mm. 20, 30 years ago. So they did a lot of the stuff in the garage. So they warmed the garage and there's a lot of like lights in there. So that was a, that That's was awesome. definitely an awesome perk. So my workouts, this, this, uh, it's not quite winter, but it's gotten cold out haven't suffered in the past like they used to when i had just a standard garage do you think you're ever gonna um insulate your door your garage door have you seen uh, people do i that? should i need to yeah. i need to but i have put i've put like towels in like the holes yeah like on the on the ground and it, it makes a decent amount of difference so for now that's that's fine <laughs> but i just haven't put the effort into doing yep. it eventually yep. i will get a heater eventually <laughs> you have one you have a propane heater okay. yeah 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 i want like something that's installed though because it's not just the gym area either it's also a wood shop and uh i want something that makes it easy for my wife to be able to go out and work because my wife actually works in the uh -huh. wood shop and uh yeah, something that would make it just simple to go out in the garage and do some work i'm looking at electric and gas ones right now I was looking at mini splits, but they're just so expensive. What are you looking at? Like 2,500 for a, for a heater mini for a mini split. Yeah. It's like 2,500 to 4,000, depending Whoa. on what you, yeah, it's, there's some, <laughs> there's some nice ones out there. And, uh, Dang. I'm looking at what 
400 bucks for a heater and I can do electric or gas. I can do it myself. That's, that's an easy install. Are you talking like, um, one of those big units that like kind oh. of run. Oh man. Yes. Yeah, those that's, work amazing. Plus you can thermostat control them. I was, a, if I had a bigger garage, I would, I would just go buy a pellet stove. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and even that with a work. small garage, like if you had like a small wood burner and like, you can just like, you know, cut the hole in the side, yep. run your, run your exhaust at the top. The only issue you deal with then is like how dry it would get in there, but that that's an easy fix. That, that's almost easy. Yeah. Because all you gotta do is put a humidifier in there and then you can control it. So I'm Moisture also a, out for your barbells. I'm, I'm addicted to bare steel yeah. barbells. And so that you're, you're speaking my language there. Yeah. You just get a little itchy. All right. I think that's it I'm for the, the surveys. All right, cool. So now we're going to take it through a Q&A with our special guest, Kurt. Kurt, I have some questions for you. And um, it's going to basically be around your training and, and things like that. Um, first, before we get started, uh, Kurt, where can people find you? Uh, so you can find me on Instagram at the underscore Kurt Locker. I've reached out to the person who owns Kurt Locker as just a handle. And uh, I think that we're going to have like a last man standing fight to see who gets that handle. Uh, you can also find me on YouTube, the underscore Kurt Locker. Um, I asked, I actually, another November purchase I made, I bought the KurtLocker.com and uh, that should be up soon. Not sure exactly what I'm going to do with it yet, but those are my main areas. You can find me on Facebook, but it's just a personal page. And I'll be honest, if I don't know you, uh, I'll just delete you. You ain't getting in. <laughs> Awesome, man. Let's get started. All right. So when did you start a home gym and how has it evolved over time? So I had to go and I looked this up. I actually had to contact Rogue Customer Service uh, because my orders were completely wiped out from Rogue. Uh, and so I was because when I got this question, I was like, oh, man, like, when did I do that? Because it was 2015 that I first purchased the squat rack. And I still don't know exactly when, but I had a closeout monster sm1 and uh, i got that an operator bar and some high temp bumper plates and started with that and that was kind of the start of my garage gym so my daughter was born my first daughter was born in 2016 and at the time in the gym i was storing a home brewery a motorcycle my squat rack the platform i built with it the plates and I just never rode my motorcycle after my daughter was born. So I went ahead and sold that. And when I did that, I jumped into my Rogue Monster Light uh, power rack, but it was just a four poster at the time. And I also upgraded to a bunch of steel plates. And I was doing a little bit of testing because I didn't know if I wanted to have the calibrated powerlifting plates, which for some reason I felt like I needed at the time, even though I wasn't powerlifting. And the, I think the, the Olympic deep dish plates from rogue they're like that gray hammer steel um ended up going with the the gray plates it just kept growing i got a yoke uh i got a sled after i got into strongman especially i started accumulating uh more strongman stuff got some some slater molds from from steve slater um that's one of the other cool parts about living in ohio is i get to go meet steve slater at his and when you walk into slater's hardware and you meet steve slater I, I, I fangirled a little bit and <laughs> now it's cool. Cause I've got his, you know, I, I can text message Steve Slater and he talks back to me. I remember a, a little offshoot. I'm sorry. I'm so squirrel brain with you guys, 
uh, I reached out to Steve and it was still like one of those things when I got his number, I was like, Oh, Hey Steve, it's me, Curtis. We met that one time at a competition in Lancaster and I met you at your store. And he's like, Kurt, I know who you are. You don't have to keep reintroducing (laughs) yourself. And I was like, Oh, that's so cool. Steve Slater knows who I am. So anyways, (laughs) I got my first, Pitbull strongman log. And then, uh, basically after my first Ohio garage gym had grown pretty, pretty large, uh, I got orders down to Texas to go run a schoolhouse down at Shepard air force base. And so I packed it all up and blew everybody's mind because I still made weight because you're only allowed to move so much weight and get paid for it. And I, I packed a U-Haul slightly over U-Haul capacity and then had a two, two to three really terrifying days getting it down to Texas. In Texas, everything kind of blew up. I got really lucky all at once. Um, we decided that it was time to sell the home brewery because I didn't really have time to dedicate to brewing anymore. So I sold the home brewery and it, it wasn't a little home brewery. It was like very big. Um, so I sold it to a distillery and I purchased the reverse hyper. Uh, I got into coffee roasting a little bit more seriously and that's out in the garage as well. And, uh, everything kind of blew up. That's when the specialty bar blow up happened because I sold this giant brewery for a pretty penny. And yeah, so, uh, three years in Texas, uh, I thought it was hilarious that I got orders right back to Ohio. So when we got to Ohio, I, I originally got into some talks with uh, surplus strength just randomly. And it was when uh, they first came out with their UPS system. And I think Adam at Garage Gym Lab had posted about it. And I was starting to see it more often and I wanted to review it for the channel. And I reached out to him and he's like, oh, you're military. And it ended up being this really amazing relationship because Jason's an awesome person just in general to, to work with, to deal with. And uh, he expressed that he was trying to get into power racks. And after the conversations, and this is like a lot of conversation, I tried to schmooze my way into getting, you know, one of the first ones. And I, now I have the first one. I think there's two of them that are installed now, but yeah, that's, there's a lot, right? So like there's a lot (laughs) that always goes into these things. Uh, But that's kind of like the, the wave tops of, of where I'm at. And, uh, yeah, that's cool. kind of awesome. What, what about the, tell me more about that home brewery. Were you like selling beers or were you just. So creating, I, yeah. if, if, so if you're ever in Dayton, Ohio, or more specifically, if you're ever in Springboro, Ohio, uh, look up crooked handle brewing company. Crooked and, handle. I've definitely heard of crooked handle. Yeah. So crooked handle was the brewery that I helped start, uh, the owner, the, the current owner, owners, and I were really good friends. Uh, we learned how to brew together. Actually, he taught me how, and then everything kind of blew up. I have a lot of fabrication uh, background, and my family does a lot of fabrication. So we fabricated up these giant half-barrel systems. We had multiple systems. And uh, long story short, 2000, 2013 in Afghanistan, I had a really bad day. And I got on the sat phone and I called Jason. I was like, Hey, you know how we keep joking about the brewery? I was like, let's do it. Cause I've had it. And it's funny. Cause now I'm, you know, eight years later, I'm still in, but uh-huh. uh, yeah. So the brewery started and I ended up resigning my ownership. 
uh, to stay in because I had a kid and suddenly reality hit and it was like, oh yeah. So I have to pay bills and I got people that depend on me. But yeah, so that's, that's the brewery. Um, it was the guy who came to pick it up uh, was blown away. He's like, yeah, I run a distillery and this will be our, our main production like mash system. I don't know how he was going to make it for distilling, but dang, that was in your Ohio garage that you moved here, Texas garage. Yeah, I, I should, I ought to upload a photo of the brewery and tag you in it. Just yes, to, please. Yeah, uh, I'll yeah. do that. Uh, just yeah. some, some old school stuff, but it was, it was huge. I used to have five taps in my house and one yeah. of them was a nitro tap. So did you ever leave your garage? I'm here in motorcycle gym, brewery, <laughs> so, roasting coffee. Yeah. So I, uh, I, another thing about me is if I get into, I'm very selective anymore. I used to be an idiot and just do whatever. I'm very selective about what I get into because I don't, I don't dip my toes. That's not a thing. And I don't know if it's an upbringing thing or what, but I, I go whole hog and I do it a hundred percent. So I do own a coffee roasting business now, and it's potentially one of the things I'm looking to do when I retire in four years. Um, but yeah, so it's, no, I don't leave the garage. And in my last Ohio house, uh, my neighbors were always like, oh yeah, we feel 100% uh, safe with you because you're always there. And because, uh, you know, if they, we lived in, we didn't live in the best part of Ohio. Uh, there was definitely some, it was always like low crime. It's, stuff but I, I let's just say i wasn't afraid to get in people's face and tell them to get the uh, f out of my neighborhood so mm-hmm. so they're always like oh yeah we love you you're great and then during trick-or-treating and stuff like you know oh hey parents like do you want a beer and they're like oh no i don't want you to open up a can and i'm like i don't think you understand like would you like a beer <laughs> come in and take beer i'd, I'd so, be your neighbor Kurt. yeah that's awesome i like to think that i'm a uh, you know a pretty decent neighbor yeah so oh. eight, eight o'clock strongman work, which takes us into our next question. So you're currently training strongman. What got you interested in strongman? Uh, so this is also kind of a really cool question. Uh, Cause I, I had another little fangirl moment uh, today. Well, no, a couple days ago, uh, untamed strength started following me on Instagram. And I was like, yes, Alan no. So, uh, I responded to one of his stories. He, he made a story about, uh, throwing sandbags. So like event one, throwing a sandbag event two, throwing a sandbag a different way, but all five events were sandbag throwing, which I thought was hilarious. I was like, Oh yeah, this is a perfect. I was like, sign me up. And he responded. We had like a little conversation. I was like, Oh, this is the coolest thing ever because Alan thrall was my first introduction to strongman at being a weight class sport. Like I remembered watching like Mary's Pujanowski and watching Zadrinus Viscus, you know, as I was young in the military and as I was, you know, still at home, you know, watching like Bill Kazmaier and uh, monsters. Yeah. The monsters. Right. But I assumed I was like, Oh, well, yeah, that's like, that's 400 people land 400 pound people land. Uh, I didn't know his weight class. And so I saw Ellen thrall like way back in 15 and it was like when he was in a, like three facilities ago or something, and he was doing stuff and it was weight class. And I was like, wait a second, this is weight class. And I kind of researched a little bit. Uh, Brian Allsrue, uh, which is Never State Athletics, he kind of linked up with Alan Thrall 
And uh, I started doing all of Brian Alzer's programming. Uh, and I don't know, that's kind of where it started. My, with, uh, that's where it started with Strongman, at least. Yeah, I never knew they had the weight classes either. And then you see like what Alan Thrall's competing in now. I mean, he's, he's so cut he, down, man. Yeah, he's cut down to my size. So now I need to step up my game because <laughs> that guy can zombie clean and jerk at 315. And I'm like, God, like... That's a very bizarre clean and jerk, by the way. I, I tried it. It, it tore my shoulder. Uh, uh, so uh, basically, you know, I would get bruising. So when you do an axle, a continental style clean and press, you're, you're going to get bruised. Like, sorry, strong man hurts sometimes. If you don't like it, don't do it. Um, but I was trying. I, I don't have the speed. So I was trying to, like, get my arm underneath the bar. And every time I would do it, it hit me like in the deltoid or like in between the deltoid and the bicep. And I got this massive bruise from doing it. So that, that experiment into zombie clean and pressing lasted all of like three weeks. And then I was like, screw this. I'll just take, normally what you get is you get like a, like a pinch blister where your belt in your stomach in the, the axle press against your belt. And I was like, I accept, I accept that. That's fine. Jake, have uh, you seen that zombie clean and press with the axle bar? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's the it's most so bizarre thing I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> it, it does work. And... If you got the speed, yeah. my, I think the main problem I had with it is that I don't, I never developed that speed to be able to drop down. I'm always amazed when I watch Olympic lifters and I watch how they're able to pull a weight up to a certain level and then legitimately drop underneath it. It blows my mind. And uh, I probably just need a good coach, but Maybe I'll go call Max Ada or something and tell, <laughs> tell him go. to fix me. There you go. Squat master himself, Max Ada. Awesome, man. All right, so Strongman. Uh, so I uh, happened to check out your latest walkthrough of your gym. Uh, the the wall storage DIY, I mean, is, is just amazing. Um, what's your favorite DIY project that you've done in your it's, home gym? It's definitely that wall storage. Um there's a, there's a lot of DIYs that I've done. Uh, there's a lot of them that were kind of cool as well. So one that I think was very underrated is I felt lined all of my monster light series attachments. Uh -huh. And that was amazing. Um, I, I never had issues. I had issues with one piece of felt and I just had to re-glue it. Basically I took an exacto knife. I just had to trim out some, trim out some fat, reapply some glue, roll it back on. And that was crazy because the rattling that you normally get with the rack, it was gone. Uh, the tightness of the attachments was definitely there. Plus it looked kind of good because I used that red and it, it shone through on a couple of them. So the, I, at the time I had the trolley arms and the red on the black. So you'd see road printed in red felt. I thought it looked sharp. And of course it, up, it protects your powder coat, your uprights and those kind of things. Yeah. But that French cleat wall, <clears throat> even though I... You can't tell by looking at it, but let's just say I learned a lot of, I learned a lot yeah. doing that. That was the first French cleat wall that I've ever done. The, the subsequent ones that I'm doing are significantly better. Yeah. That, that's the natural progression, right? Yeah. yeah. But it does work. Um, it's amazing. I've got, I've got over 150 pounds sitting on the plate storage on the wall and it's, it's solid. Like it's crazy how solid that thing is. You yeah, ever... Guys. 
Okay. You ever get you ever get any neighbors walk by and they're like, "What the hell is going on in there?" Uh, so normally they're <laughs> so yes. So one of my neighbors has well, I guess technically two of my within the neighborhood, not my direct neighbors, have come out and trained in my gym, and it was really cool because one of the other things I want to do is be a coach, but. Yes. Uh, to answer your question directly, uh, most of the time though, it's not people, they, they see the gym and they're like, Whoa, that's a cool gym. But you know, a lot of people, if they don't know much about gym equipment, they're just like, it's a thing. And yeah. <laughs> you're like, yeah, yeah, it's a big thing. And, uh, mostly what I get is people that are like, Hey, can you come and do my storage for me? Cause I mean, there's storage racks and shelves. And if you look at the tool wall, I make all the French cleat tool holders, uh, and that's usually what really attracts people's attention. Um, that, or if I'm training, I do have one neighbor. I highly doubt he's going to watch this, uh, but he will, he just, he comes over and just stands and just like, I'll, I'll be doing something. I'll do like clean and jerk and he'll just stand there and he'll just wait. And like in my, in the garage though, like just walk in and just wait. And then like, talk to me for like 20 minutes. And the whole time I'm trying to do like that, like, Hey, like, I don't want to be mean to you, but go away. I've only got a certain amount of time. I can do this. But yeah, but then he'll always say something like, just looks so good in here. I was like, (laughs) thank you. Like, I I appreciate that. You can come back next time, I guess. I did post a a video though. Uh, I have, so I I have a video about doing security cameras in your gym. Right. And it was, it was like that same day that I posted it. Uh, somebody walked by the front. I ended up inviting this guy and he trained with me for a day or three. I think he trained three sessions and then he had some family stuff that came up recent thing. And he was doing, he was like walking his dog and he's doing the whole, like, but I can see him. Like I have the video and I posted it up to the Facebook group and someone's like, yeah, that's my husband. You guys should be friends. So, so now we're friends. Nice. Perfect. All right. Strongman, the sport. When I think about strongman, I'm thinking about like all the, the different implements, things like that. So your personal opinion, if someone wanted to test out strongman, see if they liked it or not, what equipment would you recommend for a beginner? So a lot of ways to really answer this question. Um, Cause there's a lot of people that are making entry into the home gym world at very different areas. So if you have nothing and uh, you want to try out Strongman, a really cool way to do it. And I trained on this for months in between my rogue rack and my surplus strength rack is buy yoke and train on it because you can, you can overhead press with a yoke. You can use it as a sled. You can use it as a squat stand. Uh, you can do a ton. You can do carry movements, obviously yoke carry, but also Zerker carry. You can do grip training. A lot of people don't really think about the grip training you can do, but it's a three inch. Why buy a branch from rogue when you can just use your yoke, it's the same thing. Uh, so I'd say yoke for a lot of people is really valuable. Now, a lot of people also already have an established gym or they're training in like a basement or somewhere where they don't have outside access. And with that, really what I think people should focus on is overhead. And I talked about it earlier, but strongman competitions are five events And it's a pretty safe bet that two of the five events are going to be uh, overhead style events. So whether it's, so if it's Chris Vaccio doing the show, you'll probably be pressing a fire extinguisher or something over your head. Uh, Not, I'm sorry, not a fire extinguisher, but a fire hydrant. Uh, Good story. Good guy. 
And uh, so I'd say get an axle, get a log. Um, and axle is a solid purchase because you can get a, a Titan axle. Axles, so when it comes to axles, cheap. they're cheap. And they're, uh, there's really not that much to an axle. Most of them are just one and a half schedule 80 steel tubing. Uh, mine is a little bit different. I DIY my axles because I'm, I'm a glutton for punishment. And I did this current one out of two inch DOM steel as an experiment and then had to spend like hours grinding down the sleeves because they were like one mil too thick to hold a plate. But yeah, you can go buy an axle for like 80 bucks, 70 bucks or something like that. Solid purchase, Titan Fitness and Rep both sell them. Both of them don't charge shipping for them. So I would do that. Um, and if you're the, the other kind of culture part of strongman is a lot of people like to DIY their stuff. And if that's the case, go to a scrapyard and find a thing, you know, whether it's a block or, you know, you find a, a one and a half inch schedule 82, go to home Depot, buy yourself some galvanized pipe, for most people, that'll do just fine. Uh, as you start to get stronger and do some overhead, and if you like spiking the bar like I do, uh, yeah, you're going to break stuff. But, you know, an axle is a solid purchase and a really good way to start. Uh, farmer's handles are also good. Um, my biggest recommendation for people, though, so if you're wanting to try Strongman and you're looking at these implements, don't be tempted by, like, the miniature or shorty versions of anything. Um, some examples, the stubby axle from Rogue, don't, don't freaking buy that thing. It's, it's stubby and it's useless. Like you, you will very quickly be limited on what you can do with it. Uh, another example is some other companies sell like farmer handle implements, but it'll be like a handle with like a post sticking off of it. So if you want to actually try Strongman, if you're doing a farmer's carry event, odds are you're going to be carrying your body weight or greater per hand. And you can't get 200 pounds on one of those things unless you're using like calibrated plates. And even then they don't have the same feel. Uh, but yeah, if you're going to get something, don't get the miniature or light version. Just get the full weight version. doesn't have to be expensive, but just don't get like short stuff. But yeah, just focus on overhead, focus on moving with heavy weights. A sandbag is also a really cool way to go. Uh, a lot of my old strongman sandbags were they weren't military duffel bags do not buy military duffel bags because the 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 official military duffel bags are just total garbage there's a company out there called rothko and i think they're on amazon and i still make stuff out of their duffel bags they're the same style so they look the same but they're made out of like really thick cotton uh material and those things will stand up to a beating um, and they come in different sizes. So get like the smallest version of one of those, fill it with sand. Um, just don't get overzealous, like, you know, start small and uh, carry it around for a while. See, see how you like it. Awesome. Or just, or just come find me and I'll make you an Atlas stone. All right, you heard it. Come Makes find sense. Kurt. Yep, come find me. I'll, we'll, we'll do it together. We'll call it a bonding moment. We'll, we'll share some crooked handle beer while we do it. Nice. Oh man. Tons of good advice there. And I love that. Um, yeah. that yoke one, just how like one tool can be used for, you know, yeah. tons of I, things. What I really liked about all of that advice was if you, 
at least for most of it, if you decide not to start, if you don't end up taking strongman incredibly seriously, most of that stuff is still good home gym purchases. Like a yoke can end up just being your rack and it'll, it'll yep. serve, serve the, serve the job as a home gym rack. And it always can be resold too. That's the other beauty right. of home gym equipment. <clears throat> All right. So what, what does a typical strongman training week look like? And I, I don't know, you could go all, you're training for a competition. So you have training phases and things like that. So I guess just take us through like, you know, you're, you're not your peak week, you know, not your hypertrophy weeks, which is like your, your middle of your training block week. Yeah. Does that make sense. Yeah, it absolutely does. And you're not wrong. So everything's periodized and, uh, currently I coach and program myself, uh, hopefully looking to change that pretty soon. I'm looking for the right coach. Uh, my most current strongman competition I did, I was doing four weeks of, I'm sorry, four days a week of strength training and one day a week of just pure conditioning and some other exercises, but it was also, it was always conditioning focused. So I start the week off with Monday being a squat day, uh, mainly because I hate bench press Mondays. Uh, I don't know why I just, I, I try not to bench press on Mondays. Uh, so I squat and do assistance on Monday. And then I, on Tuesday, I have pressing variations. Wednesday is my conditioning day. Thursday is deadlift day. Friday is a day off. And then Saturday is just kind of this long day where I, I almost do it like a mock. It's not really a mock meet, but I'll do an overhead style movement. And I usually start with an overhead style movement. So whether that's log or circus dumbbell or something, and this is Saturday is really the day that I take my time and I get implements out and we call it strongman Saturday. And it's a hashtag for a reason. And uh, so I'll start with an overhead uh, then it'll go to a moving event, some sort of dynamic strength. So whether I'm sprinting as fast as I can with a 250 pound sandbag or whatever I'm doing, uh, I'll do usually some sort of static strength event. So if I have a deadlift coming up, I might bust out the tires and do some deadlift work. If I have a car deadlift, I'll, I used to rig up uh, my trolley arms for car deadlift and I would do that for time. So like reps for time. And after everything is all said and done, I do some sort of loading. So whether that's stones, sandbag, Husafel, whatever it might be. And then the last thing I do before I call it quits is a dedicated grip training. Um, I do tend to do two days a week where I do incorporate grip specific training. Uh, but Saturday is the big day. Like that's the day that I really focus. So you have pinch and then you have crushing strength and, uh, my crushing strength is usually where I have bigger numbers. And so I'll usually save that for Saturday. Pinch grip is, is nice because you can, you can train pinch grip using a significantly lower load. So it doesn't really get in the way of other training. So doing hub work, pinch blocks, those kind of things usually happens on like Monday, Tuesday, whatever day. Like if Monday, if I finish and I still got some time and I still feel good, I'll crush some, uh, some pinch work. But I run in blocks, like you said. So I usually run four-week blocks, three, three waves per training cycle, standard 12-week workup to a competition. Uh, this, that was the last strongman competition. Now I am doing that home gym discord powerlifting meet. Uh, have you guys heard of the home gym discord? Yeah. Thank you. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm in so a little bit. But. 
Not so I, I'm only in there a little bit, if I'm being honest, and if any of the Discord people are listening, I, uh, I, I hang out in the Bespoke and Bougie, I'm getting that name right this time, and I also almost daily, I will sit down and look up Kurt and do a search and see <laughs> just to see what <laughs> just see what people are saying i i like to think that i'm pretty genuine right now and uh you know i i try to get that feedback from the people that are in that community because that community is awesome but yeah their powerlifting meets coming up and so i've been benching a lot because i've never really focused on bench press all that much outside of you know gym broing like hey man we're doing 185 for like a thousand um <laughs> But yeah, so it's it's been interesting trying to transition over to a powerlifting workup because I find myself getting ADD bored. So like I transitioned back to a straight bar to do my squats again, post post shoulder surgery, pain-free, which is amazing. And uh, in between each and every single set, I'm just staring up at the wall and I'm like, man, that transformer bar, that duffalo bar, like I would much rather use those right now. Those are way more fun. Yeah. But Are you yeah, still so, doing uh, Strongman Saturdays then with your uh, powerlifting? Yeah, so I was still running Strongman Saturdays, but it wasn't – so I say it wasn't heavy, but I definitely – I've been trying to go heavy for a while. Uh, my shoulder feels great. I had a catastrophic shoulder – we'll call it a catastrophic shoulder event uh, in uh, this little country called Afghanistan and uh, – Pleasantly had the Air Force Medical Hobby Shop misdiagnose it as tendonitis for seven years. And then uh, someone finally did an MRI and they were like, oh, yeah, you have like two or four rotator cuff tendons torn, your biceps torn and your labrums torn. They're like, how are you competing? And I was like, I don't know. Not tendonitis, (laughs) engineer. So I got that fixed. And so it's been really cool uh, being back and uh, being, you know, back to my full strength or you know, stronger. So my log PR went up recently. And so I, I'll do like log or circus dumbbell or something fun. Basically Saturday has kind of been my day to, to have fun again. And I really do enjoy the variety and the ADD of strong man, uh, as well as just, you know, my neighbors enjoy when they look outside and they see me carrying a 150 pound tombstone hunk of steel and they're watching me like stick 45 pound plates in it they're just like so is curtis gonna die today or what it's freaking snowing and curtis is out there with the yeah stone yeah Yeah, good for you dredging along it's a it's accommodating resistance right so if it's snowing as you're going throughout the session it's filling with you know snow and water so you know you're just carrying more (laughs) weight it's the uh, if you carry a cow into town every single day, you just get stronger and stronger thing. It's science. You can't argue with it. <laughs> the liver king would approve out in the snow. Probably. I, I've been looking at that. Uh, I watched Sats Mary's uh, liver. Oh, that king. March? That yeah, March? that March. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I looked at it and I was like, you know, so I'm a bomb technician. And I was like, I wonder if I could just do that in the bomb suit. You know, because you're like, you can do anything in a bomb suit, and everybody else is like, oh, damn, like, oh, he did it in a bomb suit. Like, oh, that guy's hard. Like, do so we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. We got to, I mean, if I'm going to do it right now, is the good time to do it because uh, it's cold outside because I won't be cold. I guarantee it. That thing is, that thing retains heat like none other. I have run a couple 5Ks in it before. So, mm-hmm. 
That was a bad idea. <laughs> Sounds like a bad idea. All right. You mentioned uh, squatting on a straight bar, checking out your specialty bars on the wall. What's your favorite specialty bar? So it's funny. I, I thought about this really hard and I love me some Duffalo. I love me some transformer, but if a log bar is a specialty bar, I am 100% okay. in love. The log bar is, I just, I love that movement. Uh, circus dumbbell. I hate, but I love at the same time. Uh, but it's gotta be a log bar. Uh, and especially in my gym, I have the pit bull log, which is awesome. Plus I have the DIY one, which is beautiful and just a dream to use. Hold on to that one. We're, I want to get to that one at the end. Yeah. We'll talk about that one. All right. And, yeah. Would you, would you say that Titan log bar is a good beginner bar? If somebody, so I, I yeah. just talked to a guy on Instagram. I was literally just DMing before I came onto the podcast and he was asking if it was a good purchase. And I would say for a lot of people, you know, it probably is. I have personally handled it. And here, here's the thing with Titan though, is when I handled it, it was at Oklahoma strongest man. So that was years ago. And pardon me. <clears throat> Titan has really stepped up their game and I'm really curious to see if that log bar has changed. So I would have to say that. Yes. So at the time that I used it, it was a pretty solid intro log bar. Uh, I don't, I wouldn't buy one um, unless I was going to review it or something. Mm -hmm. uh, my, one of my main complaints with it is that when you have the bar, you, you tend, even if you don't spike the log, uh, you do tend to slowly bend the loading pins on that, that particular bar. And that has everything to do with how the weight pins are reinforced inside of the log. So if you, if you look at the pit bull log bar, it is welded where the end cap is. And then as the pin goes through, you'll have another sheet that it's welded to. So Mike Bartos power center, probably some of the best steel logs you'll find out there. They're like double to triple walled reinforced. So those pins stay nice and straight. Pitbull's another great one. Titan, I've seen a lot of bent ones. So if you're, if you're a strong dude or a strong right. chick and uh, you're okay with bending it, then yeah, it's a solid purchase. Uh, what's also really cool about Titan is they have the rackable version, which um, was actually, you just, did you just post that on your Instagram, Jake? Hot or not? Uh, not, not you, but I was like a question or maybe I answered a question about yeah, it. Yeah, it was a hot or not. Yeah, it was a hot or not. Yeah. So uh, I actually voted hot because uh, having it rackable is really cool because normally, so with my logs, I have to set safeties at a height and then pick up out of the rack that way. Being able Got to it. put it into a set of J cups is, is really easy as far as setup goes. But, you know, I, I keep on giving you like 20 minute answers to a simple question. But yeah, the Titan bars, you know, pretty solid for a beginner bar. Um, I know okay. some super strong people that use it and they doing they're doing just fine. But if you're serious into it, when Pitbull starts making them, Pitbull's the best one steel log as far as I'm concerned. Pitbull's the, the greatest uh, economy price to quality that you can get because i think it was like 350 bucks shipped okay uh, at the time i don't know what it's going to be when they come back online sweet all right um we've had some conversations through this sunday discussion perhaps you've seen them about some of our home gym mistakes um any mistakes that you've made uh tons so first off not taking strength training seriously when i first joined the military i uh I did the normal. So like the military has got this thing for like run, do push-ups, do sit-ups, do good. 
right? Like, but you don't actually ever take strength training really all that seriously. And unless you find somebody that is passionate about it, you're not going to, you know, really get fired up. So I went through my first med board and my regret was that I waited until my first medical evaluation board, which is like, you can get kicked out of the military for not being fit. Uh, not like fit as a fitness, but like physically broken. So I'm two inches shorter than when I first joined the air force and my back, if you look at it in an MRI, the last doc that looked at it was like, Oh yeah, it's kind of like a Salvador Dali painting. Uh, but, uh, if I had to talk about equipment mistakes, just, you know, 35 pound plates. Oh, <laughs> shots fired. Oh man. No, don't, don't buy 35s. I actually, I still remember I, it was, it was Matt Black, November, 2019. 2018 or 2019 I was uh I was working a shift where I just had to like walk around the the air force base and make sure that students weren't dying or something and so I'm like flipping through so I like take a break and I'm like flipping through the November deals and the hammer tone plates the deep dishes they were on hundo pricing from rogue and so I reached out to my coach at the time and I was like hey do you use 35 pound plates because at the time I didn't have any and I was like, do you use 35 pound plates? And he's like, oh yeah, I love 35 pound plates, buy them. And so I bought them and I never accidentally used them. Never. They were, they just sat there and they took up, they took up a whole hook, like a whole loading pin on my uh, monster light rack. And uh, unless I was like, no, I'm using the 35s today, they never got used. And so I eventually sold them. Uh, and then uh, I wasn't the first one to be anti-35, but I was inspired by Chris Duffin. Uh, and then I created the uh, Just Say No campaign with the, uh, just say, the Just Say No logo that I post occasionally, um, which I'm pretty sure. So there's uh, the Facebook marketplace, uh, like groups. Um, I probably should have done this, but I think I was trolling somebody else with 35s that day. And I was, I was scrolling through and somebody had a post and it was just 35 pound plates for sale. And I just <laughs> posted, I just posted the graphic and it was like, just say no to 35 pound plates. And I'm pretty sure they barred me from the group because which is, it's me. Like I shouldn't have done that. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess I'm not going to say, sorry, I'm not sorry, but it was mean. Uh, but I tried yeah. to post something to fitness flipper or whichever one it was. And it got denied like three times in a row. And I was like, Oh man, these guys hate me. So <laughs> But it's not my fault. They're still making mistakes. All right. 35 pound plates are a waste of money. They're a waste of molds. They're a waste of steel or rubber. Just saying, just say no. They, they were selling them by the way. So they clearly thought it was a mistake too. Obviously. Yeah. If they're just selling them as well. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Hilarious. All right. Um, so you've been steadily growing on YouTube. What reason did you start your YouTube channel? So definitely steadily is the right answer. Uh, not, not explosively growing as much as I'd love to. Uh, I, I guess I need to figure out some algorithm stuff, but my, my wife was actually my inspiration for that. So my wife was a veter, veterinarian technician before we had kids. And so she would always be working on like horses and, you know, it was always big animals, some dogs and stuff. And she, when we had kids, she started doing, you know, it's, it's taken a lot of forms her social media and outreach thing. Uh, but what she currently does is she is a DIY blogger. She has a YouTube channel, doesn't get as much uh, attention anymore, but she was my initial uh, inspiration because I was watching guys like Coop and Coop is, you know, 
pretty good overall. Like I don't really have any, I don't hate Coop or anything. There's, there's a little bit of hate out there for Coop on the discord, but uh, it wasn't reviewing the stuff I wanted to see. And then the DIYs weren't the stuff that I cared about. And so my first video was my DIY Atlas stone loading platform, which uh, I never posted follow-up videos, but I broke the hell out of that thing. Uh, I should probably take the video down for safety reasons. And I also like, I, I don't follow safety protocols sometimes because I'm an unresponsible, irresponsible human being. So that whole video, I'm using like power tools and I've got flip-flops on and no safety glasses and like shorts and stuff. But yeah, so uh, she was the reason I started uh, because she kind of encouraged me to. She's like, yeah, if this is something that you want to do and you see that there's a gap for it, go ahead and do it. Now the channel's taken, my channel's taken a lot of kind of twists and turns along the way as I've tried to figure out. Uh, I can't say that. So Basement Brandon, Brandon Campbell Diamond, I did really look up to, I do really look up to him and how he does his channel. And I appreciated his, his take on things and how he did his videos, like his one take videos, as well as his training logs. And so I did training logs for a while. Uh, after, you know, looking back now, the training logs probably killed a little bit of the algorithm, um, which is causing some other issues as I try to get bigger, uh, just because it's, you have to be kind of focused when you're on YouTube. But yeah, it's kind of where it started. And now it's, it's mainly DIY and reviews. I did start a second channel. There's no videos on it though. And it's the Muscles and Muffin Tops channel. And right now, so I'm actually using most of my AdSense, like literally today I, I paid on this. I'm pursuing my master's in uh, human performance, uh, specifically strength and conditioning. And AdSense is basically paying what the Air Force doesn't cover for my tuition assistance. Oh yeah, awesome. That's so, awesome. Super excited for that. And I plan on hopefully doing a little bit more coaching style videos and training log style videos over on the Muscles and Muffin Tops channel. Sweet, man. All right. I got to get to this last one. Um, I, I don't want to tell too much, but I'm going to let you just tell the story, get into it. Uh, I want you to tell everyone about that homemade log press. Oh, absolutely. So that that so that one's a hickory log, which is funny. I misidentified it and Steve Slater's son, Lang, uh, Landon, Landon. Steve Slater's son corrected me on what kind of log I had and then said, good luck. That's hardwood. Uh, so when I moved to Ohio, our house that we were building kept on getting pushed back as far as like moving dates. And it's, it's nobody's fault. You know, it was a lot of, a lot of, you know, pandemic stuff, a lot of material stuff. And then, you know, weather wasn't cooperating. So from March until June, we lived in a small portion of my in-laws house and I got to use the pole barn out back as the gym. Well, the neighbor who has probably, I think he's got like a front 20 acre. He had like 17 trees that he needed felled on his property. So they felled the trees and I would go out there with my father-in-law and we would just cut stuff up and we were making firewood mainly. And there was a couple sections that I got super excited because I saw them and I had just come across uh, monsters, monster gym, Carlo, which is, I'm blanking on the guy's name right now. I feel like a giant jerk. Uh, Magnus for Magnuson actually just posted about him. Richard Looney. 
So I had, I had just stumbled on Richard Looney's material that he was posting up on Instagram on the Monsters Jim Carlo handle. And he was making these logs and he was doing it all with an ax. And I was like, I could do that. Like, that's, that's cool. I can do that. Uh, I severely underestimated. So he is, we'll just say he is a pro. He is very good. He is very efficient. Uh, and I was a rank amateur at best. So um, found that hickory tree and I have four total logs from that hickory tree. And uh, I made my first one. Technically the hickory was my second log though. So there was a first log I had found a section of tree that was like 13 inches. I stripped the bark off. It was like 12 inches, but it was slightly bent. And so I, I just kind of practiced, you know, how I was going to cut handles, how I was going to install handles. So I practiced on that one. Then I gave it to my brother-in-law when I was done with it. It's still a functioning log. It's just not, it's not what I wanted. So that hickory one, uh, I'll just say like the only power tool that I used on that whole project was a hand drill. And that was only because the, the, the old school, like speed handle style drill that we found in my father-in-law's pole barn, it wouldn't accept the drill bits that I needed to make the handle holes. Says I had originally planned on using just complete, you know, manpower hand tools. And uh, it was a ton of fun uh, getting it to its first four side. So I took the log, I drew boxes on the end that were like 12 and a quarter inches because I wanted to account for some shrinkage. And I, I snapped a line from one corner to, of the log to the other corner. And I would just use my ax and cut down until I made a square. After I made a square, I turned it on a 45, did those same lines, snapped a line, used an ax, uh, went all the, down, all the way down. And uh, it was really cool because Brian Allsroom, who I, again, I hold in super high regard, he was doing all of this timber stuff uh, out in the woods, you know, so I would watch his videos and it gave me a reason to watch those videos. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I would highly recommend it to someone who understands what they're getting into. So this is not a fast project. It is a slow project, but it is absolutely awesome uh, when you do it. And then uh, I'm always having these fangirl moments with different strongman competitors and stuff. Uh, Nicholas Camby, you guys know that name? So he just got his pro card. He's a 105 kg pro and he, he didn't follow me yet, but he, he liked, he likes my log photos. <laughs> so I'm always like, Oh, there's Camby. Camby dude just liked my log photo. Like, all right. I mean, when you see that thing, it's, it's hard to believe that like that was a down tree. Yeah. And it got yeah. turned into like a, a, like a lifting log. Like it's insane. Yep. Now I, I am cheating. So the, the next three ones, I got to be honest. Uh, I'm not using an ax to take it down to the eight side. I did find a guy with a sawmill. So I posted a photo the other day. Uh, this, this guy is awesome. He's charging me a hundred bucks, including transportation. And I, I I'm, I'm going to give him extra money because that's, that's not enough, but he is taking the next three logs down to the eight sided, which cuts like 10 days off of my production time based on how much Whoa. time I have to dedicate per log. So that's like a month of uh, production awesome. time. And now I don't know what I'm going to do with uh, these next three. I do want to make one that is bigger and I definitely want that in my gym. So I don't know if I'm going to keep these and eventually 
uh, do a strongman competition where I can do like a log ladder, you know, with like a progressively larger log or, or sell them, uh, or give them away to, to, you know, close, close friends. Uh, but we'll see a lot of, awesome. a lot of really cool stuff that can happen. Um, continue to post those updates. That's going to be awesome. Oh, I will. I think, uh, Kaizen DIY Jim. I don't actually know his name. I feel like I should know his name. Yeah. Kyle. Kyle. Oh, Kyle. Like Kaizen. Okay. Just a Kyle. Kyle. Yeah. Gotcha. So, uh, he seemed super into it the first time. Uh, and so he was always commenting on obviously cause it's a DIY, but he seemed to enjoy it. Maybe I get Matt Pendergraph and them to face off in the log challenge after whatever they're making right now. Yeah. Maybe we'll get you in that, in on that. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I think, uh, the, str- the, 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 uh, more you, time. <laughs> the YouTube challenges, uh, get kind of interesting. There was that whole, uh, me and the chicken thing that went down there for a hot minute. Oh yeah. Came out of nowhere. Wasn't <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure did. <laughs> All right. That's awesome. That wraps up our Q and a with Kurt, but he's going to hang around for the final segment, which is our Sunday survey conversation. Our Sunday survey conversation this week, each of us are going to talk about the biggest benefit for having a home gym. Um, who wants to take it first? I'll go first. Uh, this, this is, a actually an easy answer for me. It's, uh, I, I value family a lot. And what I found is through the years of service, uh, in the air force, being away from my family has made me value the time that I have with them. And what I think is really cool is my daughters get to grow up and, you know, a lot of, a lot of kids, dad, I'm not saying this is bad either. So don't, don't read too far into what I'm saying, but a lot of people's dads, like what their kids know that they do is that they like, you know, watch football and drink beer. And my daughter thinks it's cool that, you know, she can come out and I can give her a PVC pipe barbell and she's out there trying to do like lunges. And, you know, I get to spend time with the family uh, and, and really implant that hard work. Cause I think that work is something that's really missing from a lot of people's lives, whether it's like during their upbringing or, or just in general, but being able to influence my children to understand the value of work and understanding that things don't just come because you want them, you have to want them. And then you have to execute on actually doing them and you have to take action. So for me, that's, that's really the biggest benefit is that uh, I get to use it. One, I get to use it because I love having my garage gym and two, I get to teach my, my kids something and hopefully also get to teach my kids friends and really get to build a community based off of a garage gym, you know, just a simple space that I guess it was designed to hold cars or some stupid crap. Um, not sure what that's all about. Pretty sure that garages are for gyms and power tools, but awesome. Jake. I, yeah, I think my, my response is similar to what most other people say. And it's simply, it saves time, um, over the years. Um, or I would say before, before I had a home gym, I was driving, I was spending 40 minutes to an hour extra going to a commercial gym. And when I made that switch, I was able to save, you know, five hours a week, which ultimately led to many working hours a month and year. And I actually took advantage of those hours I saved. And I can like, it's a, 
little it's interesting to like think about and just stay out say out loud um but if it wasn't for the home gym i wouldn't be able to do this as a living because i was able to do this for an hour or two every single day because i was using my home gym rather than going to a commercial gym over years so saving time is my number one easy awesome yeah um i started my home gym so that i can continue to train when i i didn't have the time to run off and, and go to the gym and it's it's turned into what i found to be the biggest benefit now um my my son was he's almost four now and having him down in the gym playing with me while i'm working out um and, and just spending that time with him has been the biggest benefit um you know as a you know side or extra things um i can lift how i want when i want um i have a space to for entertainment if i just want to come down here and drink beer and watch football i mean yeah um but the biggest benefit is, is having my son down here with me. Uh, Jake, you have some answers from the community? Yeah. Um, yeah, we can get into those. I was just going to say, I'm with you. The, that's just the biggest. There's plenty of other um, benefits. And all of these that I'm about to say from the community, I, I feel as well. And I'm sure you guys do too. It's too. Um, but like I said, the number one response from the community was, easily save time. So you're not commuting, you're not dealing with the frustration of traffic and, uh, yeah, overall just saving time, uh, convenience. So a little bit different than saving times, but it just allows you to be a little bit more flexible in the day. Um, so if you, if you are working from home or if you have kids, you don't necessarily have to have a specific time that you have to leave for the gym. So you can, you can do it in at noon rather than the 10 AM class that you typically go to. Hey, real quick. Do you remember like trying to get to the gym at a certain time? So you could like beat the rush and then things happen. And then all of a sudden you're going to like the commercial gym at five, six o'clock. Yeah. Uh, you remember that sure. horrible feeling? <laughs> for sure. I, yeah. I remember just sitting in traffic being like my times I'm losing time you know, downtown Indianapolis. I'm just like, oh, this is brutal. Um, but yeah, so there is less, there is sometimes less entertainment though. I recall, so the commercial gym example, we had a day where we kept on getting pushed to the right and uh, we got to the gym and there was like some lady on a elliptical. And this is probably the most entertaining thing I've ever seen in a gym, but she was, she had to have been on drugs or something. Like the way that she was like, doing her thing and it wasn't like just her head like she was her feet were like off of the whatevers and i remember just like like what the yeah so there's less entertainment sorry to interrupt but yeah less entertainment less social if you're you know less social interaction that some may need um but talking about the the benefits um you can also choose the equipment you want to want to be able to have in your gym for example, Kurt can fill his gym with strongman equipment. Probably not going to find anything like his gym around. Um, no judgment from others. So you can do things like strongman training in your garage 
Whereas if you're doing that type of stuff at LA fitness, you look like a crazy person. Um, Work out how you want because there are no lines or others around. And then a lot of people mention just family workouts, just being able to have their kids around. So those are some of the top responses. No, no real surprises for anybody that's been in the space for a while. Yep. Cool. You guys ready to wrap this thing up? Yep. Awesome. Hey, special thanks to Kurt again. Where can they find you, Kurt? Uh, again, there's social medias, Instagram, uh, the Kurt locker. You can also find me muscles and muffin tops, uh, on the YouTube at the Kurt locker. And those are the two right now. Website should be coming up online, uh, early 2022. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining in. Thanks to Kurt. Thanks Jake for taking us through the results and, uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks guys.